0: This is Mike Maniscalco, and you're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast.
1: Thanks, Mike, and welcome back to a very special Sunday edition of the Tracking the Storm podcast. Huh? How about that? We're yeah, like to recording today, middle of the day. Am I right, buddy? Yeah, we kind of, like, forgot to record, like, on multiple days this week. Uh just a lot going on for both of us, I think, and sometimes it just goes by the wayside. It's, it's a long season for us, too, man. You know, I just... Sometimes lately, with this and the writing, I just feel a little worn down. <laughs> like you
0: know, we've we've been putting in just as much work as the Hurricanes. We should be, you know,
1: people seriously. should be giving us some credit here. Yeah, and <laughs> expectations are high, right. and I think we answer the bell more often than not. But it's hard work recording a podcast <laughs> for like an hour every week. All right. Well, you that that's all it is for you, but you know. My side of the coin's a little a little more, but anyway, we got lots to talk about. The Carolina Hurricanes um, are in a decent little stretch of hockey. They won a big game over the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Um, hopefully, this will be out before the start of the Boston Bruins game. That's that's the plan, so we're probably not going to stick on for too, too long because it is you know just a few hours before puck drop on another game. Um, but the Hurricanes got a big win last night. We're going to talk about that. There's a couple other games, a home-and-home home series with the New York Rangers I think we're going to discuss a bit. Um, and there's some interesting stuff happening down on the farm with the Chicago Wolves. They brought over two players from Finland. One is a familiar face, sort of. Uh, the other is a new face. Um, so pretty excited about that, especially after well, one of them in particular's performance last night. Um And I don't know. (laughs) That's that's probably about it. And I I don't think there's a whole lot else going on, unless you got other stuff. But we'll get into all that and more. We're going to start with the Maple Leafs game, I assume, though. Uh, Just because it is freshest on our minds. I don't think the Hurricanes... They started off extremely well in that game. Really dominated the first 10 minutes. I think shots were 14-4 to after the first 10 minutes or something crazy like that. Uh, built up a two goal lead. Actually, we're finishing some of those chances, and after that, it was kind of the Kochekov show. Um, we talked a little bit about how I, I felt like, and again, this was actually a point that Adam Gold brought up when I went on the Kane's uh, Corner podcast with him. But it kind of seemed like Brendan Moore was putting him in position to kind of steal the job almost for with a couple of like big starts and big games, like against the Devils and you know some other top teams, and he kind of struggled in those. But then Anderson has a couple of pretty damn good games against the Rangers, and now Kochekov kind of answers with his own excellent game against the Maple Leafs, because, I mean, he was under siege the last, most of the last 50 minutes of that hockey game. And I kind of said on Twitter, like, that was the Kochekov that we saw early in the year, that we were like, holy crap, this kid's ridiculous, like, already. Like, didn't expect him to be ready to run with this starting job. Um. Obviously, he got hurt at the end of December, and since he's been back, he's not really looked like the same guy. But I think last night was probably his best game of twenty twenty three. Actually, I don't even think there's any argument to be made there. I know he had one shutout, but he barely saw any action in that game. I think it was like a seventeen save shutout, pretty easy one. Last night, he was facing high difficult or high degree of difficulty shot after high degree of difficulty shot, and just standing on his head. Don't think there was a whole lot he could have done on any of the goals. Maybe the first Matthews goal was a little bit leaky through his five hole, but I I can't find much to complain about with his game last night. If they continue to get that kind of play out of him, Hurricanes might have a little run in them here. I think.
0: And even even that Matthews the the first Matthews goal was a
1: uh, was a turnover, you know, it was or, a turnover, or it was a bounce, yeah,
0: yeah. Like like the shots that beat Kachetkov last night were good shots. Yeah, so I can't I can't complain, and especially you know you make forty one saves, you're doing your job, right? And the thing the thing about the Maple Leafs is they're such a good offensive team that they're going to dominate play. That's what they do. Like, if the Leafs aren't doing that, or if the Leafs didn't do that, Canes probably win that game six nothing. You know, because that's that's how the Leafs are. If they're not on offensively, they're awful. Yeah. And we saw on, you know, some of those goals, like the, let's say, like the Aho goal, turnover in the offensive zone. And all of a sudden, the Canes have the puck. Slaven shoots. And then Ajo just gets the easiest rebound goal of his life, you know? I do think the Hurricanes dominated in that first period and then let the Leafs come back. Um, it's a really encouraging game because that's a game that your goaltending won for you. Yeah, Like, yes, the Canes scored five goals, but the Canes' goaltending kept them in that game when they really didn't deserve to be in that game. For sure. Um, And that's huge because that's not something the Canes have gotten a lot of recently. Or, on the flip side, it's something that maybe they've gotten, but then the offense hasn't come. Tonight, or last night, was a game where they got the goals and they got the goaltending help. And, obviously, they beat one of the best teams in the league.
1: Yeah, um, I, I feel like it's almost getting to be kind of a tired point, but Brenda Moore is shook up, shaking, shaking, shooken, shook up the lines <laughs> um, a lot here in recent games, just trying to figure out something that works. Um, what have you seen so far? I, I, I talked about how Aho and Natchez played together, I think it was two years ago and created a lot of magic and i've liked the way they've looked together again but do you have any reservations at all about potentially going into the playoffs with that knowing that that's going to become pretty much the entire defensive game plan for their opponents because honestly if you shut them down there's not a whole lot elsewhere that you have to really worry about and granted if there's only really two players that are that dangerous to begin with, you're probably in a little bit of trouble, which is you know, the whole root of the problem here, I think. But what what have you seen from the entire lineup? Because, I, I mean, even other guys, I think like Steph and Nason, have played really good lately as well. So you're starting to get some combinations that are maybe clicking a little bit further down the lineup.
0: The stall line uh, got yep. a big goal last night. They've looked um, good again
1: because there was a little stretch there where I didn't. they were kind of looking worn down. But I, that's a, I did want to bring them up, too.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a line that, you know, well, so I was talking to my dad about this yesterday actually. Um the the hurricanes right now if they can get, you know, this a similar level of secondary scoring from the stall line, I think they'll be fine. <clears throat> my biggest concern with the hurricanes is the fact that you have two offensive lines and two checking lines. I feel like if you're Going to win the Stanley Cup, you need to have three lines that can consistently produce offense and then one checking line. And the Hurricanes have like two and a third. Yeah. You know? And with Svetchnikov in the lineup, you know, maybe, maybe that those problems are not as as big of a deal. And hell, with Patriaretti in the lineup, you know, we're not even talking about this, right? Yeah. But You know, my biggest worry is, you know, again, the offense hasn't dried up. I think, you know, you put up five goals on the Maple Leafs. That's a good thing. Uh, My concern, though, is that, you know, with with three checking lines or with two checking lines. Two and a half. (laughs) No, no, because here's the thing. Kukiniemi has been an awesome offensive player for the whole, for like, 2023. I would agree with that. I think, I think Kokaniemi, like if he can be the player he's been consistently, like he can be a 50 point guy, maybe even more. And then you are looking at a second line center as opposed to a third line center. You know, like if he can be the offensive player that he's been the second half of the year, I think, I think we're talking differently, but you know, the biggest concerns for me right now, Seth Jarvis still is not doing much. Uh, you know, I think Natchez has looked good, but definitely is missing Svechnikov. Um, Tara Vinan has looked a lot better. I think Tara has been really good lately. Yeah, it's just uh, the biggest question is how much offense realistically can your fourth line produce and can your third line, which is Jordan Stahl, can that line continue to... Play well offensively.
1: Sorry. Can um, we also
0: talk about the fact that the Hurricanes had a five on three goal last night? I feel like that never happens.
1: It feels like five on threes are just rare in general for this team, you know?
0: Yeah, but when we do have a five on three, it's literally just us passing on the umbrella and nothing else happens. <clears throat> and then we take a shot from the point, point shot gets blocked, Canes chase the puck, et etc. et cetera.
1: That's how most of their power plays go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I Guess just feel I like the like... five-on-three is worse because you have so much more space and you do nothing
1: with it. Right. I liked the move to go to Burns and Goss to spare together. Because at this point, like, I think they're two of your five best offensive players. So sure. why not load it up on a five-on-three at a big early juncture of the game? You don't score on that power play, you're probably losing. I I fully believe that just because, I mean, the Leafs were always going to make their push eventually. And if the Hurricanes didn't have that 2-0 cushion, you know, I I don't know. Like If they had gotten a lead after 40, it might have been a different ball game. So it was a big moment in that game. Burns and Gosses Bear went out there together, made some plays. They both really factored in on that goal. I don't think – No, they did both get a point on that goal because Ghost got the secondary assist. Okay. Um, So, yeah, you put them both out there, and they both combined to create a goal. So, nice move. Interesting to see if that has any further use down the line if Rod decides to go back to that at some point.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, Honestly, like, the the power play looked better last night. In the few chances they did get, they weren't getting many opportunities towards the end of the game because they weren't carrying the play. You know. Yeah. Um. But it looked good. is good, man. I I really like him, and I, think, I said last you know, night.
1: I think they need to try to resign him.
0: Really. I wouldn't hate it. You know, it it, it depends on. You know how the Hurricanes want to roll with their third pair next year, because I mean your top four is locked. You know that's not changing. Um, but if Goss Despair wants, you know, to stay, I think they they should explore it. Um, I mean, him and
1: Chatfield—that's one of the best third pairings in hockey.
0: Yeah, and Jalen Chatfield looks great, like yeah. consistently. I mean, even even in the uh, the one Rangers game. Right? Like, that shot he had. Beauty. I mean, that's not Jalen Chatfield. Well, it is Jalen Chatfield, but, like, that's not something we've seen from him this year.
1: I mean, he just straight up beat Igor (laughs) Shesterkin. Like, not even from a great angle. He just beat him. Beautiful shot. Well,
0: I think what made that play work, and this is a tangent, so I'll make it quick, is Chatfield comes down the wing with so much speed because he, he really is a great skater. Uh, but he comes down the wing with all that speed and the shot kind of gets a little bit more momentum because of how quick he's moving.
1: And that's so, just staring on his crease. He can't be quite as aggressive coming out to challenge because he's going so fast. He can beat him with the angle.
0: Right, right. Exactly. I'm happy. I'm happy with the effort last night. Uh, Cain's look really good again, um, I didn't even think they looked that bad in the two one loss to the Rangers. They just got goalied again.
1: They didn't. It was just the same issues rearing their head, you know? Yeah.
0: They get you know, some days you just get goalied, and that happens a lot with Shisterkin.
1: All right, we are going to keep this one a little bit shorter, so we're gonna go ahead and get our little ad break out of the way. We're not getting it out of the way. We just we're just so eager to get to it that uh Exactly. We're gonna go ahead and do it here. Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network, so we're going to take just a quick few minutes get a word from our friends over at DraftKings. Hear what they have to say about March Madness. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook every day to see what they have in store. This is one of the crazier tournaments I've seen in a long time. I mean, Miami, San Diego State, Yukon, and Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. It's been a wild one. I mean, having Miami, San Diego State, Florida, Atlantic in the Final Four, it's, it's pretty crazy, man with it being so unpredictable, what better time to show just how good your betting skills are? Head on over to DraftKings now, put some risk-free bets down. You're going to get money whether you win or lose. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and you'll get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details and we're back and we're back um so big news ish coming from the minor league ranks um <laughs> i made I'd the say error I'd say
0: it's pretty big
1: yeah yeah uh, i made i made the error of saying Billy coivenin had signed and matt corrected me in saying he had already signed a while ago but now he has come stateside Last night was his first game, um, North American professional hockey, suiting up, setting up for the Wolves. And joining him actually was Tuka Exla. former, well, he's still one of my favorite prospects. I, I like really hope can like hit and find a way to reach his ceiling. Cause I do think it's pretty high, but anyway, um, he had a little stint here earlier in the year, went back to Finland for a while season ended over there, comes back to North America and Tuka TXLA, Scored two goals last night in his return. Um, I only saw one of them for some reason. The video on the first goal he scored, which seemed like it was like a kind of a tic tac toe or a bouncing something. I don't know. It sounded weird. I could hear the audio, but I couldn't see the video. It was really weird. Anyway, I didn't see that one. I saw his second goal. It looked like a very, very nice snipe. Um, and I mean, that's kind of the book on this kid. Like he's got a ton of offensive tools. Um, the concern with him is one his size and two his consistency um and being able to get to that skilled game against nhl defenders i think is is probably what we're considering with him and then with koivinen um i've raved about him quite a bit on this podcast i think he's probably one of the higher ceiling prospects in this system um also a ton of offensive tools the big question with him is the skating ability uh because his hockey sense and, you know, puck skill is is really, really high. He didn't have the best season in Finland. I think we were kind of hoping for a little bit more. I think he actually had fewer points this year than he did last year. He did. He he had 28 points in 52 games this year after 29 points in 53 games last year. Um, But still, he's only 19 years old, won't won't turn 20 until June. He's got plenty of time to – improve his skating, get a little stronger, get a little more consistent. Those are things that you kind of expect to happen with most young players anyway. Um, really excited to see him stateside, see if he can make a little bit of an impact down the stretch for the Wolves.
0: Yeah. Coivin is one of the King's top prospects, especially one of their top forward prospects. Um, <clears throat> he's, you know, probably one of the highest skilled players in the system. Um, and definitely the hardest working prospect. I mean, you know, for him to be as good as he is to be or like at like the level of skating that he has is impressive because his skating is pretty poor. Um, he doesn't generate like the highest top speed, his first few steps are you know not the quickest, and uh you know, on honestly, like it's just kind of like looking like a baby giraffe out there sometimes. Um but he constantly keeps his feet moving. He's looking to consistently just make something happen. And he's smart enough to where, you know, he, he can make it happen. And there, there's the skill too. So really it's just, you know, the matter of probably adding a bit of muscle in the legs, you know, getting some power in his stride and, you know, with the skill that he has, you know, I don't, I don't see it being an issue with, uh, his skill or his work ethic, you know, the question is his skating. Um, With Tiexala, I I liked seeing him come back and immediately be effective. I think, you know, he kind of struggled with the physicality and the pace of play in the um, AHL. He hasn't really been healthy, I think, these past few off seasons. So, you know, he wasn't able to do as much work um, during the off season. But this this kind of showed me what type of player TXLA is. You know, he's getting involved offensively. He's he's making smart plays, you know. There have been times this season where TXLA made this just gorgeous pass. And, like, he has that ability. I think it's just, you know, he, he's got to fill out because right now he can't win any puck battles. And that's, that's going to be kind of a problem, especially in the AHL where it's definitely a more physical league.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but definitely good... Um, signs from both players there. I think both players, you know, are going to help the Wolves. and I think, you know, probably isn't going to have as big of an impact, you know. Um, But, you know, it's another offensive player for the Wolves to have. And um, they might make the playoffs because of this. I think at this point, you know, it's pretty unlikely, but you never say never.
1: All right. Um, sticking with the theme of prospects, I know I was actually at a Mexican restaurant down at the beach with my dad, and I walked in and the Denver game was on. Um, actually now I can't even remember exactly who they were playing. I know it was the one four game, and they ended up losing. Um, but Massimo Rizzo was playing in that game. I know there's a few other Canes prospects that are playing in the tournament right NCAA tournament right now. Um. So why don't you tell me a little bit about some hockey March Madness that's going on and uh, as it relates to the Canes, of course.
0: Yeah, it's been a fun tournament. Um, so Boston University has already punched their ticket to the Frozen Four, um, which means Canes prospects Dom Fensori and Cade Weber um, will both be playing in the Frozen Four, which is really cool. Um, you know, Fensori, this is obviously his last crack at anything. Um with the NCAA, he's a senior this year. Weber has one more year of eligibility, but, you know, he is one of the better defensive defensemen um, in 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 college hockey, I'll say. You know, he, he's a really good defensive defender. Um, Pensori, you know, he hasn't had the production this year because all of BU's offense has run through Lane Hudson. Um, but Pensori still looks really good. And then you've got Penn State, which is a team with, Two drafted players on their roster, just two. And Kevin Wall is the highest drafted player, and he was like a late sixth round pick. Um, I was gonna
1: say he was like 190th, wasn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah, so Penn State has a really good team this year. Um and yeah, this is also Kevin Wall's last shot at anything in the NCAA because he is also a senior. Um you know, they play Michigan, I think, at 6.30 tonight, which is Sunday as we're recording this, so they're playing for a ticket to Frozen Four, but, you know, it'd be really cool. Um,
1: against Penn that Mitch- State
0: beating Michigan would be a huge upset. Um
1: Yeah, the, uh, Fantilli and company, that, that would not be an easy one.
0: No, it's, I mean, they've got so much talent on that roster, but... um It'd be cool. I mean, it's really exciting seeing our prospects playing. I mean, obviously, Massimo Rizzo and Denver lost in the first round of the tournament, but uh, they're still a really good team. And, you know, I'm thinking Rizzo goes back. He obviously has not signed anything with the Hurricanes yet. So I'm thinking he goes back another year, just like Scott Morrow. But um, yeah, the Canes college prospect pipeline is really solid.
1: You mentioned Morrow there. We kind of left off saying it was Morrow watch time for the Hurricanes. Nothing's happened there. At this point, do you just think he's going back to school?
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a cause for concern with that. And, I mean, with with Moro, you know, you might as well get a little bit more of your education. And, you know, like, he's not ready to take the leap to the pros. I mean, he is offensively, but defensively he's not. Um, I think he could use a bit more uh, – just time to develop, and you know, there's a, there's a chance that he he becomes one of the best offensive defensemen in, ho- in, in hockey next year in college hockey. I mean, sorry. So I don't hate going back. Maybe add a bit of strength, get a little bit better defensively, and then you know, hopefully he'll uh, pan out.
1: Yeah. All right. Um. But like I said, we wanted to keep this relatively short. We got your prospects update. We talked about the recent games from the last week let's before we get out of here just take a little bit of a look ahead um obviously this afternoon probably hell the game will probably have happened by the time most of y'all are hearing this i don't know how religiously some of y'all click on our links when they come out but um we got the bruins game that resulted in shrug um and after that on tuesday you get to see the tampa bay lightning tough little stretch here it's really good that the hurricanes got off to a win against the leafs because now they're i mean they're facing the top 3 in the atlantic division back to back to back um the hurricanes smoked the lightning the last time they saw each other the lightning have come on pretty strong since that game i'm pretty sure they beat the bruins the other day um if i'm not mistaken uh actually i lied They beat the Devils twice in a row. That must have been what I was thinking about because they've actually lost four in a row since then. (laughs) The last four games they've lost to the Devils, the Canadians, the Senators, and the Bruins. I guess that's what I get for talking out of my ass. I thought I'd seen them playing a lot better. Um, But now they're in a little bit of a slide again. We'll see if the Hurricanes can continue that train. But that's probably going to be a pretty angry Tampa Bay Lightning squad. So be a fun matchup. Um, And then they finish out the month with the Detroit Red Wings. And after that, man, it's freaking April. Like, you know what that means. The playoffs will be starting. Mm-hmm. It's it's go time, man. And, and the Hurricanes have shown some promising signs. I don't know what to make of the team. I mean, I I, I like to think there's still a run left in the squad. They're going to need a lot of things to break right, but. I have faith in Rod Brendan Moore is going to get to moving in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Something interesting that I didn't actually realize before I looked at the schedule. How many of the teams that we are playing in April are in the playoffs? I believe it's zero.
1: That's interesting. We've got the Canadians, the Islanders, the Senators, the Predators, the Sabres, the Senators again, the Red Wings, and the Panthers. So I think you're right.
0: You have one the islanders yeah the islanders are the only playoff team that we play in april and they're barely in a wild card spot interesting yeah one playoff team in april and we you know there's there's not a ton of games left but we we still have like maybe 10 that's a ton of games <laughs> so it's really interesting like that the hurricanes on, counting today 11 okay counting 11 we've got 10 Counting today, we've got 11. Sorry.
1: Uh. <laughs> counting away, right. we've got 10.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting, though, that really, like, eight of these next 11 games are not against playoff teams. That's solid. I mean, you know,
1: it gives the canes. a It's time for the
0: Hurricanes to bolster their division lead, to, you yeah. know, kind of get some things to work, maybe try some things out. I mean, well, that's you know, what I'm thinking. We're... Maybe
1: you can call up a guy, Jameson Reese, maybe.
0: Brandon, I think the Hurricanes are not calling him up just to spite you at this point. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting stretch. The one worry I have is that, um, and it's really not even that big of a worry, it's that, you know, the fact that we're not playing as many playoff teams in this stretch may make us be a little lighter for the playoffs. But I also know Ron, and I don't think that'll be the case.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's mostly just going to give them a chance to. Like you said, try out a few things. Maybe there is a player or two in the minors they think they can get a boost from. You know, at least see what you've got. Because, like, if you think about it, the Hurricanes are one player going down away from having to call somebody up anyway. I mean, they've got Stasny in the press box. But especially at this juncture of the season, they're not going to roll with 12 people on the roster. I mean, I guess they can, like, justify it by saying we'll go 11-7 if you have to. But I don't know why you would do that when you've got players like Reese and like um, Panamarov, who I think are pretty damn close to NHL ready. So I don't I, I don't see a whole lot of downside in giving one of those guys a chance just to see what you've got. See, see if they give you a little bit of a lift. Those are both guys that play with a lot of energy. This is a point I made in my article I put out yesterday, actually. It's like, you know, at this juncture of the season, guys are tired. There's something to be said for bringing up a kid like that that's got some energy that can give you a big lift. Mm-hmm. I, I think it could be beneficial to the entire team, really. Not just myself. I mean it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, okay. we'll see what happens with that.
0: Other than that, I don't think there's anything else really.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. Big game today. Let's keep this belt to be short, so I can get it out pretty quick. And uh, yeah, I'll try to get back on a little bit more of a regular regular schedule here. Try to get a, we need to get a video out at some point, man.
0: Well, folks, we appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening. Um, obviously, we're gonna try and get back on a more regular schedule soon. As I say that, I won't be here next week. I'm traveling. Um,
1: we're a replacement for you
0: yeah it may just be Brandon he he may find a replacement and this may be the last episode I ever have on this podcast you never know (laughs) Um, anyways folks we appreciate you and it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan
1: breaking up with you